Local voices, local conversations. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. I know I've addressed this before, but think about this. The city of Detroit in the heyday of the American auto business was committed to being a booster for its autos because it kept the economy of that city afloat. The same is true in Milwaukee in the beer business, and even for the city of Anaheim, which works hard to supplement the appeal of Disneyland and keep people in that city. All over America, competition among cities and attractions for tourist dollars and for business dollars is a vital life force in the economy of American communities. The Napa Valley is no exception, perhaps because we all commute through world-class vistas or have the ability to dine in world-class restaurants on a Tuesday night or take the bounty of the harvest for granted. We forget the importance and the value of what we have here. We forget that like everyone in every place else, efforts have to be made to tell our story, to tell others what we have to offer. It's what makes our valley of only 150,000 people one of the most prosperous counties in the state and in the country. The job of doing all of this falls on Visit Napa Valley and on its leaders like Clay Gregory and Catherine Haywood, who joined me today on Napa Broadcasting. To talk about not just the work of Visit Napa Valley, but also to talk about our November ballot measures that will add to the TOT in order to encourage and build workforce housing here in the Napa Valley. Clay Gregory, Catherine Haywood, thanks so much for coming in. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us back. Well, it is a delight to have you both here. Thanks for coming in. First of all, uh, for those that don't know, and, you know, it seems like something everybody should know. We were just talking a little bit about this before we went on the air. Explain a little bit. Give the the sort of uh, thumbnail description of what Visit Napa Valley does. Um, Visit Napa Valley is the tourism promotion organization for the entire Napa Valley. So we try to be very strategic about how we manage things. We don't just tell people to come uh, all year long. We, we work very hard to make sure that we can manage the number of people that come at, and at what time period. So we don't do any funding, any, any marketing whatsoever from about April through into October. We do none. And so all of our efforts are uh, later on in the winter when we have space for people. We also do a lot now of um, what's called uh, group sales, which is um, the, what, what happens when companies bring their people in and stay in the hotels. And that happens all for weekdays, which means that they're not putting on, putting on more weight onto the weekends, which is most of our, our data comes from. Um, so it's, it's a managed uh, uh, population that we're trying to bring into the Valley and make sure they have the best time they absolutely can. It's a, in that sense, is it's much about managing tourism mm-hmm. as, it is, as it is about just bringing tourists in. There's really a management component to it. Right, and the idea is not to bring in um, the more people, the better. It's about getting the right kind of people who are going to really love the Napa Valley. And you can see that in the data we, that we get. So we're actually, uh, people are spending more money when they come. But the, so they're actually, the last time we had the, the, these numbers come in, we were about 17% up in terms of total revenue um, for lodging, and then we were only up by uh, 6% people. So that's, we think that's a really nice mix where we're getting far more um, revenue coming in than the number of people who are coming in. And Catherine, talk about the fact that this is not 
limited to just tourists from the Bay Area or, or whatever, that this is a, a global enterprise, really. Certainly. Um, in fact, as Clay referred to this data, um, we do these biennial reports. And right now we have about two-thirds of our visitors come as day trippers. And what's important, again, it goes back to our strategy, is to convert those day trippers to overnight stays. We know they spend more than twice as much money per day while they're here. And often, they don't need to be in their car the entire time. If you are here from the Bay Area in your car, that's where you spend a good share of your trip. Now, if you were to stay in, in downtown Napa, for instance, you could spend most of your trip walking or enjoying the vine trail there's all sorts of alternative forms of transportation that not only keep visitors here and happy and spending but reduce our local traffic now that we've talked a little bit about what what visit napa valley does the other misunderstanding and this has come up even in the course of there's of only one more season. well there's probably <laughs> a few more but but let's hit the big ones okay. first the other one is where the funding for this effort comes from and what the economics are of how Visit Napa Valley works. Right. The vast majority of our funding comes from lodging. So lodging put in place what's called a tourism improvement district. And when we uh, came around to understand how important the funding is, we, knew, we learned that almost 50 um, destinations already had a thing called a tourism improvement district. So we worked with lodging for uh, about a year, and lodging understood how important it was themselves. So we got lodging to approve this, and it, what, it, what it made us the 50th, 50th one in, in California. And so it's just been, without that, we wouldn't have any real meaning funding whatsoever. And I mean, we'd re we really would have been out of business if it weren't for the Tourism Improvement District. And lodging has been fantastic. They renewed it already. They renewed it for two, 10 years instead of the original five years. So lodging is very happy with it. And you'll hear more about how uh, lodging is, is being very helpful, not only on that front, but on other fronts when Catherine mm -hmm. talks about uh, the TOT thing that we're working on right. together with lodging. I mean, this is really the lodging community taxing itself, Correct. essentially. Exactly. The, the, Assessing, the, Assessing itself. Assessing, Assessing. itself. Yeah. The money that, that, that is allocated for this is money that is dedicated very specifically to the work that you do, to the things you're talking about. It's not like it could be used to pave the roads or anything else. No, it has very li limited amount of things as, as to how you can spend it. And by, by and far, it's um, mostly about marketing and sales. Those are the two things. We have some other things we can use it for. But, and we also have a couple of other things that uh, help us. The Welcome Center we get some funds mm -hmm. from, and our partnerships we get some funds from, and there are a couple other smaller ones, but in the main, it all comes from lodging for us. Mm -hmm. And in fact, talk a little bit about how the lodging community has benefited from this and how it's obviously something that, that they think is good for them. Well, they certainly do. Um, every, we've been up every single year in terms of total lodging revenue until this last year, and that was because of the fires. So, um, uh, you know, we tried our very hardest to get that above last year, but we were off by, I think, 2.5%. So um, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but the other things that are happening is that we're getting far more people from outside the United States now. When we started, we had about 9% of our, uh, our guests coming from outside the United States. Now it's w over 20%. Wow. And the highest... Uh, um, c uh, people who come in the most now are from China. It was always Canada because
because of their proximity to us, but now it's China. And it'll be very interesting to see when we get the new um, study, which will come out like in March of next year, and see if it's still China. And I, I bet it is. The challenge we have with China is to get people to stay overnight. Many of them come up from Sa San Francisco and then go back to San Francisco the same night. And mm -hmm. We like people to stay overnight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar to um, like a got milk campaign or the pork industry, you know, that kind of thing, uh, the other white meat type of campaign. It's, it's more of a, a trade-based effort. And the TID allowed uh, the assessment to be levied on all lodging. So uh, a larger hotel like the Meritage, for example, has a sales and marketing team. But some of our smaller properties, a uh, small B&B like the Beasley House, with limited staff and limited marketing resources, they're all about the hospitality. We help get the visitors here, and then they're um, given this world-class hospitality. Right. The other aspect of this is really an appreciation for what all of these tourism dollars do for the community, how valuable it is for the community. Right. It's a, it's a tremendous amount. Um, if you look at the total, um, uh, total amount of funding or a total amount of uh, what comes from tourism, it's about $80 million a year, at least it was in the last s study. So, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of money, and it also has a tremendous amount of impact on jobs. You want to talk about how many jobs there are in the Napa Valley that are from tourism? Uh, tourism and tourism-related businesses, there are over 13,000 jobs. Um, I think at, back to Clay's point, when we talk about the $80 million, some of that's property tax. Property mm -hmm. value is obviously very um, valuable here in Napa Valley, but 47 million of that is in TOT. No other um, um, segment of our community pays the TOT other than a visitor staying here. So um, when people say we should get the tourists to be paying for more, really a good share of the general fund comes from that TOT. So in the case of Napa, we went from 9 million in 2011, and now we're over 18 million in TOT's contribution to the city's general fund. And in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's certainly not there yet, but a couple of more large hotels that it could be where the TOT dollars to the city of Napa exceeds the sales tax dollars. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yep. In the yep. case of Yachtville, it's over 65% of their right. general fund. Yep. And those, the general fund, you know, I've learned a lot since I started working here about government, not a, necessarily how it functions, but about the budgets. And TOT is supporting things like public safety and roads. And in the county, uh, the jail, the courthouse, the um, infrastructure, government. Somebody has to pay for the government. The city of Calistoga now gets just under 60% of its funding from uh, TOT. And that's without two big hotels it's gonna be even that are going to open higher. in the next, within the year. Yeah. Well, one of them in the next one. year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of a larger ecosystem, Jeff. When you think about what the government has to do to sustain itself and its revenue, Visit Napa Valley is an integral part of that because the TID is, in essence, investment funding. If, if Visit Napa Valley is successful, if our hotel industry is successful, that generates more TOT. And then it's up to our elected officials to make sure that that's spent for the benefit of the community, for all of us.
Exactly. And of course, it also generates more sales tax revenue. I mean, it people does. come here, they spend money, whether it's shopping in stores yep. or going into restaurants or, or whatever yep. it may be. Or yep. The average spend uh, in the last st study that we did was about 820 or so dollars per couple for every day. Every day. That's a pretty good and handsome amount of money coming into the valley. Mm-hmm. Another misconception, I said we'd get to some others. Another one is that it's, it's the tourists that are creating all the traffic here in the Napa Valley that everyone talks about and that everyone complains about, when in fact a good portion of the traffic problem is a local problem, not a tourist problem. Well, that's true. I mean, the, the tourists don't get up and start driving at 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock uh, or uh, stay. Doesn't everybody do that on vacation? <laughs> Let's get up at 4 in the morning. But people like to blame everything on, on tourists, and it's just not, not the case. I mean, it's, uh, it's a beautiful valley for everybody, but the, the, the people who are coming from different places are relaxing. They're here to relax. So they don't get going as early as, as those of us who work here. And so the, the real problem for uh, um, traffic is really the locals, yeah, including I mean, me. To listen to, right, including all of us, to listen to, to the misconceptions, it's like all the tourists want to get up at 7 every morning and go to American Canyon High School. That's really where all the tourists want to go. <laughs> that would appear that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if all of this isn't enough, the lodging industry is now undertaking an initiative which will be on the ballot in, in all of our cities and, yep. and in the unincorporated part of the county come this November, just five weeks from tomorrow, to increase the TOT another 1% dedicated dollars for affordable housing. Yep. Talk about that. Claire. Well, I'm going to let Catherine, Catherine do that because that's, oh, sure. that's her baby. <laughs> and no, and she's been working very, very hard on this. So, Well, I, I think really this is um, it's a monumental effort, one I never really understood until I rolled up my sleeves. But, um, you know, the Affordable Housing Task Force that, that convened, gosh, almost four years ago now and had presented a report with all the different ways the community could come together to improve the housing situation for everyone. And increasing TOT was in that report. And I, I believe that the industry was just not ready. We were just not ready to um, embrace that. But where it's really hitting home now is in a labor shortage. When you right. get an unemployment rate that's down below 3%, that just means that we've hired everyone that we can hire. And until people can start moving here, living here full time, um, their quality of life is impacted when they are stuck in a commute with the rest of the workers coming to Napa Valley. And so it's not um, unusual for someone to seek a job closer to home, closer to family, closer to their kid's school. Um, so we started having some some very substantial discussions with the lodging industry, and we're talking lodging leaders. We convene uh, lodging GMs and owners every other month for a lunch. We get guest speakers come in. We, we do topical um, information sessions, a lot of networking. And I think this is where it hit home, was if, if a large property has 20 unfilled positions, service suffers and that's what visit napa valley is known for we are one of the most world-renowned hospitality driven um places and we can't have service suffer ever 
um, it's part of our brand. Mm-hmm. And, well, so, and there are even uh, restaurants that have closed because they haven't been able to get enough um, people to work there that are at the level that they need. So, I mean, it's, it's beyond lodging, but that's the biggest um, take on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our HR co- contacts in the larger hotels are also um, very interested in helping to see this through. Um, we are seeing all the electeds participate in the process. Once we were able to get to the conversation to a point where uh, the the ballot measures were a reality, um, the electeds have just been really working hard at, at supporting it, uh, making contacts for us, helping us fundraise. We'd like to, to see more promotion of it. It's really, really grassroots. We've met with um, any housing advocate that will listen. And in fact, um, the real estate uh, community, the developer community, they're all being very, very helpful and supportive. What is, Clay, if, what, what have you heard with respect to arguments against it because in many ways you know this is an overused phrase you know a Mm win-win I mean this is a class seems like a classic case of that well, there have been nobody who's come out uh, in public that uh, are, is against right. it. So it's uh, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I don't think we actually ever got to the the n- amount of money it will bring to the community is about $5 million a year. And that's um, that, that, that would help tremendously. And, and explain how this is dedicated to affordable housing, workforce housing, and how that will work. So this particular initiative is a special tax so it will not go and join the other funding with tot in the general funds it will be earmarked which i know electeds hate hate earmarking anything but we are asking the voters to earmark these funds uh we need a two-thirds supermajority for this to pass it has to pass in each jurisdiction so um f-i-s-h-e-d if anybody wants to remember the word fished, those are all of our measure letters. Um, I is for the county. So put your put yourself in your city limits. So here in Napa, um, you will vote for the city measure, but you to, and that's to tax those hotels and lodging properties in the city. But you are also asked then to tax or levy those lodging properties in the unincorporated county outside the city Mm -hmm. limits. So all Napa County voters get to vote for Measure I. It's when you're in a specific um, jurisdiction, you you vote for that city's. Mm -hmm. So for Napa, it's Measure F. So Napa residents will be voting F and I. Now those two combined make up almost $3 million. The city of Napa, with the number of properties, uh, lodging rooms, and the TOT that it generates, we estimate it will be about $2 million. The unincorporated county, the second highest at about a million, and then it falls um, from there. And just to uh, clarify what you said, um, even though we'd love it, we hope and, and really are working hard to make sure that all the jurisdictions uh, get theirs in place, but if they don't, the other ones can still be in place. That was my next that. question. Yeah. If, yes. if yeah. one community doesn't pass it right. for any reason, or there's confusion or, or misunderstanding, right. the others still would would take effect. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As would the county one. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those those monies um, can be leveraged with other funds. You know, there's uh, the housing bond is on the state's um, ballot. 
And what I'm told is the, that there will be local matches necessary to really access the more substantial funds. And so um, this is a step in that direction of, of filling those coffers to say we've got local matching funds. Um, also, there's an opportunity for collaboration between jurisdictions. So um, in the case of St. Helena, there was a, a project where the county contributed money to make sure that that project came to fruition. And just like we see, um, you know, working together on Napa Pipe, working together on Old Sonoma Road. I mean, there's something that's still mm -hmm. in play, right? Discussions are there. Um, maybe perhaps this money helps to um, make more affordable housing and workforce housing at that particular site. I, I really, I shy away from talking about specific projects because then people say, well, how do I sign up for that project? Or I don't like that project. <laughs> right, because right. that's in my backyard. So. What, we, what we really feel um, good about is that each of these measures has the flexibility to, um, to do with those funds what makes the best sense for that community. You know, we hear that Yountville is built out. Well, Yountville does have affordable housing that's deed restricted. Those deeds do come due at some right. point, and maybe the city or the town of Yountville wants to figure out a way to further preserve those, or perhaps they want to participate in a project that's outside their region on the south end of Yountville, um, north end of Napa, that makes you know right. a proximity housing sense. It's important that people understand that while this 1% would be dedicated towards affordable housing in the mm -hmm. way you've explained, yep. it doesn't change anything with respect to the other TID monies, the 2% TID no. monies that are specifically earmarked, as we explained earlier, for Visit Napa Valley and for the tourism management that we talked about Correct. earlier, and yep. that that money cannot be used Correct. at all. For, no matter how noble the goal, that That's money right. is That's very right. restricted. Yeah. Yep. That would have to, state legislation would have to change that uh, those circumstances, and and actually that was something that we investigated. It was there a model similar to the tourism improvement district that would be a housing improvement district? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we would have to go to the state. What what we're compelled to do under our management district plan is prove special benefit. The marketing dollars that we get um, are required to be used for marketing the Napa Valley, not to build housing, not to build roads. Um, the local jurisdictions where a little bit of the TID money stays, 25% um, of that money, mm -hmm. they can do small infrastructure um, improvements if they show that there's benefit to lodging and benefit to tourism uh, because again they're tourism marketing dollars right. so things like fixing a sidewalk or something or, or putting oh, up yeah. park benches yeah. and, and or, or the, the fact <laughs> that the vine trail goes right in right. front of three large four actually hotels on solano avenue it's it's perfectly accessed by our visitors it's a wonderful guest amenity so those types of projects i know the gazebo in calistogos mm -hmm. where they have um concerts in the park the tid <clears throat> contributed to improving that and the community benefited that's the other thing is some of these projects really really great projects tourism dollars are being used and the community is benefiting right so it's Win -win. And, and one other thing I, I don't think we um, said clearly enough, if we said it at all, is that uh, most of the time when um, uh, jurisdictions uh, want to raise the TOT, 
most of the time lodging is not in favor of that because it makes them raise their rates and they don't want to raise their rates. And so um, in this case, lodging in this valley are 90% in favor of this. And it's because they care about having the right number of people to work for them and to make it easier on their employees. And I think that, that that's super important because this doesn't happen every day by any means. And that it is, I think you can take that one step further in that it is a competitive business. The rates get to a certain point or they get too high. Well, I'll go to Paso Robles instead because it's only, you know, X hundred dollars a night versus what it is in Napa. Right. Yep. But lodging is, is, is pushing their own way and they're doing a great job helping us out. This is a, a kind of a virtuous circle in, in a way because part of the reason it seems to me that lodging is willing to do this is because the other parts of tourism, the parts that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, have been so successful in managing tourism and bringing a steady flow of tourists to the community. I think that's true. I mean, we, we've gotten uh, so much support from lodging, and I think the way that it works is just like the rest of the Napa Valley. It, I always talk about Robert Mondavi and, you know, the boat, the, the rising, tide, rising yeah. tide lifts all boats. Right, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. And, um, and this is, I mean, this is another um, thing in that, that aura. It's, it's people want this to work as, west, as best as possible, and that's what we're working on. And, and lodging is certainly stepped to the top. Catherine, I want you to give one more time the initiatives in each community what what they are what the letter is so that people know okay sure so for the city of napa that is measure f so uh, citizens in the city limits will vote for f and i um, for the town of Yontville, it's measure S. So Yontville residents will vote for S and I. American Canyon is H, and they're really proud of that because H for housing. Uh, so American <laughs> Canyon residents will vote for H and I. In St. Helena, it's measure E, uh, housing for everyone, and measure I. And in Calistoga, it's measure D. And so D and I. I. I have to ask you, this is just for my own inside baseball. Was there, would, was there any way to get it uniform throughout the, the communities? <laughs> we we uh, talked with, with John Tudor's office about that. And um, no, the answer was no. We had to go with the naming conventions um, that were prescribed and I'm still not clear as to what that was but we even confirmed that all county residents were voting to levy the unincorporated county mm. lodging of which there right. are there are quite a few luxury properties out there right. and the answer was yes so we we did um, pursue the conversations to make sure that we weren't uh, you know, leaving a simpler <laughs> solution on the table. Well, it has to be because they're they're separate jurisdictions. They have to you know be themselves and act like their own city. I think. Yeah, so. has to. But be yeah, Plus John I, said it had to be that way. <laughs> I not, think that was I'm not really going the there. I'm not going there. <laughs> That's all right. I can. Uh, we we you know the, what's also interesting, Jeff, and I know you you follow the the politics of everything is is this whole mail in ballot phenomenon mm -hmm. now. Um, people will have their ballots a month before. And so the timing of the promotion. They will have their ballots a week from tomorrow. They yes. go out on the uh, 8th. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they know, get mailed out a week from today. Right, right. Knowing knowing how to time all of your your promotions of things and the the conversations that you have just to make sure that people are hearing about it, but they're not completely sick of it either. You know, 
Um, is, glad you raised that point. Is there some place on your website that people can go if they want some more information? About not on our website. Or a website. A, there is a okay. website. That's it's fine. workforcehousingfornapavalley.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and we also have uh, a Facebook page. Um, we're, we're trying every form that we can afford. Um, uh, so the mix of digital and then we'll have some mailers come out. The signage is out there. Right. Um, but letters to the editor. Um, we've got housing coalition folks and, and even some elected saying we'll get a letter out. We'll right. get a letter but it, out. But so. again, I think it's important to emphasize that there that this is truly the classic win-win. That there is no downside to this. None. And that, not. that there's a knee-jerk reaction that I understand people have, and and you know I, I get it on a certain level that they hear tax of any kind, and they think it's something they're opposed to. This is not a tax on them. Correct. It is something that the industry, which is essentially paying for this has given their blessing to absolutely and that that it really is only a win-win for the community it absolutely is yep i think too it's important to stress that workforce housing part of it we're not talking about um uh, uh, just the lodging industry or just the restaurant industry being served here. We're talking about the guy who puts new tires on your car, uh, the person who cuts your hair, the person who bags your groceries. All of these people um, have a hard time finding an affordable living here, um, living situation. So rents, if we can do anything to, to make it more viable, um, that's that's really what a community does, right? We we take care of the people who, who take care of us. And so this is an opportunity for not only lodging to shine, but to really make a contribution. So, Catherine Haywood, Clay Gregory, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having thank us. You, we appreciate Jeff. it. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.